we had a two year run of just a lot of loss. And for me, um, one of the biggest challenges was that was I, I kind of like the mental image that I would use there is like Lieutenant Dan from, um, what is that? Yeah. From Forrest Gump where he's sitting on top of the ship, just like daring God to sink the ship and, and take him. I think I've lived that way for, you know, since my dad's passing. Welcome to the Do the Impossible podcast. I'm your host, Jason Drees. Don't forget to join me every Monday at 10 a.m. Central for a free mindset alignment. Go to mondaymindsetreset.com to sign up for my call every Monday at 10 a.m. Central. Today, I've got a call with another amazing GoBundance member, Alan Underwood in Mesa, Arizona. He's got a little bit more sunshine than I do today. 46 years old, married for 25 years in January, and he doesn't have four kids like I do. He's got twice that. Eight kids. Only eight kids. He's a real estate guy. He's doing cool stuff. And we're talking today. Alan, great to connect with you today, man. Likewise, Jason. I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, me too. So tell me, I know you just went to a GoBundance event and I know you've had some some cool experiences with breathwork there. I've, I understand breathwork, some really interesting stuff. What should we, what should we talk about today? How can I help? Well, I think um, there's probably the two biggest things that I'm working on right now, Jason, um, breath work helped with one of them. So I, in 2018, um, lost my mother-in-law really unexpectedly. We found out she had cancer and then lost her a week later. Uh, my father-in-law, uh, joined her 13 months after that. His death was, uh, particularly traumatic for me. Um, his cancer ruptured his carotid artery and, uh, he was bleeding to death on his kitchen floor. And I, um, with, I guess, some telephone advice from a, a brother-in-law who's a paramedic helped to administer what, what really was um, a, a lethal injection to help ease his passing. Um, didn't realize what that would do to me mentally and emotionally. I, I would still make the same decision today, but... Um, there was a lot of PTSD from that. And then 13 months after that, I lost my dad. So we had a two year run of just a lot of loss. And for me, um, one of the biggest challenges was that was I, I kind of like the mental image that I would use there is like Lieutenant Dan from, um, what is that? Yeah. From Forrest Gump where he's sitting on top of the ship, just like daring God to sink the ship and and take him i think i've lived that way for you know since my dad's passing um particularly in a relationship to taking care of my own physical health just um i guess mentally was angry and challenging god well you can't do this one more time to us so we'll just you know doesn't not very rational but definitely a trauma response i feel like breath work helped a lot of that um recently and then uh, also kind of in alignment with that, I've made some really big changes career-wise at the end of all that trauma. So I had my dad and I were partners in car dealerships. Uh, after he passed, I, I didn't want to do that anymore. So I made an exit from those car dealerships in 2020 and tried a lot of things since then, mostly real estate related. And the three, maybe two to five year plan looks really good. The next 12 to 18 months 
uh, we're figuring that out. So I guess those are kind of the two things. Thank you for sharing your background and your situation. What specifically can I help you with? What would you like to, where would you like to go? What would you like to do? What would you, what do you need clarity or help on? Um, I think help is I've been very resistant to any kind of accountability, particularly around uh, diet exercise. Um, that's been normal for most of my life. I've not wanted a lot of involvement. Um, I think that some of that has to do with um, one of the realizations I had after my dad's passing and at recent conversations with my wife is that I uh, have withheld part of myself from relationships in order to not be hurt at the end of those relationships. And what I realized with my dad's passing is the biggest regrets came from what I withheld, not with what I invested in the relationship. And so uh, I think, you know, how to overcome or maybe allow, whether it be coaching or accountability partnerships, particularly in relationship to my health, I would love to lose. Uh, ideally about 30 pounds, but I would be super happy with half of that 15. So you want to lose, you'd like to lose weight. How do you feel physically on a regular basis? Um, I feel pretty good. Uh, I, I mean, I walk, my wife and I walk about three miles a day. Um, so it's not that I'm not doing anything, but if I, maybe a lot of the, where I don't feel good comes from comparing myself to the me of, three or four years ago who was doing CrossFit every day was 15 pounds lighter, mm -hmm. uh, did, you know, hiked the grand Canyon with my kids, those kinds of things. So what I don't want to do, my dad was only 66 when he passed. I don't want to repeat that. Uh, I want to be around for my kids. Um, mm -hmm. and it seems like when I'm home, it's fairly easy to stay, um, on track uh, but traveling back and forth to San Diego for work and, and for other things, that's where it seems to get off track. So I don't, and I, the, what I tell myself there is I, I guess the judgment voice is that I lack self-control or discipline, which may be true. I don't know. I don't know if that's just my, <laughs> me saying that to myself. Uh, and maybe there's more positive things that I can be doing to bolster, uh, that discipline or mental strength. Do you know what you should be doing? Yeah. Was that just like, I should be exercising and eating healthy? Is that, is it that simple or is, um, yes. Um, do I have, I don't have a detailed plan for regaining health. It is way more vague, uh, as in eat healthy, don't eat junk food and, um, exercise even when I'm on away from home. How tall are you? Six foot one. How much do you weigh? 235. Okay. Do you want a simple plan? Yes. Here's your simple <laughs> plan. Eat 210 grams of protein a day. Okay. And keep it, keep it under 2,100 calories. Okay. Less than 2,100 calories, 21 grams of protein. Two, no, 210 grams of protein. 210 grams of protein. That's from my friend who's a bodybuilder. Okay. It's hard to get 210 grams of protein. You got to eat a lot of protein. Um, it, you know, when, when you're not in the habit of it, like it's, it's knowing what to do. So it's, it's like, I wake up, um, I have coffee and then I work out and then I'll have like typically a protein shake with, with collagen in it. And that shake is like 40 grams of protein. Then after that is like 
four or five eggs, <laughs> another 40 grams of protein. So I try to hit like 100 grams of protein. So if you, if you start doing protein like that, if you get 100 grams of protein by lunch, you'll be satiated in the afternoons. You won't snack as much. Okay. Like that's, that's, that's how, cause I've always been like, what do I eat? And, you know, but, and I, and I've been focusing on losing weight cause my blood pressure is high. Um, and then also I worked out, but the thing that the big shift I made recently is I started lifting really heavy. Um, and you know, I'm a little bit older than you, I'm 49. Um, and I cannot believe how good I feel just from lifting heavy. Now the first three weeks sucks, <laughs> right? But, but squats, yeah. How many sets, reps? What does that look like? Or is it, you know, what, one of my coaches I work with, he's like, just try to work out. So I, I just started out with just, I would try to do at least a 20 minute workout every day. I'd walk on the treadmill for five minutes to warm up my body. And I would just start doing squats and I'd get to like six sets of heavy with, I can do four to six. And next day I would do bench press and back. I do lats, lats and shoulder presses. Not that hard. Right. But that, that made me start feeling better, like the, the, the strength training, actually. Because dieting and cardio never really got me going. But when you do a workout, you feel it when your muscles get bigger. You know, and you're, you're male, you're masculine. That will, that will probably be the thing that helps you stay in it more was, was that type of workout. And you've done CrossFit before, too. Yeah. So it, it's, not that, it's not rocket science. Um, but I'm also wondering if in the, in the pattern of diet and exercise that you have been operating in the past few years, is there some rebellion in that? Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. So think about, think about the last time you went to San Diego and you were going to eat and you were about to go eat and you're going to eat healthy. And then you said, screw it. I'm going to get a double, double or whatever. Right. Um, <laughs> cause they're delicious. Right. Um, can you, can you have a moment like that? Can you think of a moment? Yeah, and I, I don't even think I'm pausing long enough to think of. I think it actually was before that. It's like, oh, good, I'm going to be out of my routine, so I've got a great excuse not to eat healthy because I'm just going to be on the move. I'll just grab whatever. So I think it's way. I think it's way before like the actual moment. So that feeling, right? There's a little bit of like f you in that, right? Oh yeah. Where else could you get that? Can you describe that feeling and that thoughts behind that? Yeah, that's like crystal clear. The day that my dad died, I was driving back and forth in front of the church that I go to, swearing at God at the top of my lungs because I we had just lost the third parent in two years. And um and with my dad in particular, you know, he and I had been business partners since I was twenty one years old. And it was during COVID, so we weren't allowed to be in the hospital when he passed. Um so there's a ton of anger there. I, I can remember being outside the hospital too, the same way, and being afraid that I might get arrested because I was just walking around really angry. I can't imagine how frustrating and angry you must have been to like have your dad in there and not be able to go inside because of stupid COVID. Like I've just, that is a, um, I just fucked up, really messed up situation. Yeah, for a lot of people and for me too. You know, my parents had been married 40 something years. My mom couldn't even go in. Just wasn't right. Are you ready to move past that? I would like to. Um, I think um, the last couple of years have been learning how to grieve because the way that I was raised, probably like a lot of other 
American males is big boys don't cry. And I didn't, I didn't let my wife see me cry. Um, cause I was afraid that that would be interpreted as weakness or, and I wouldn't be attractive being weak. Um, so yes, I do. I would like to, uh, the deeper question is, am I ready to, I, I, I hope so. I think I've been working towards that. Okay. And that, that's the first step, right? Because it's, it's almost like there's, there's a backlog in processing, you know, we are emotional beings, right? And, and, and right now we're going through an extremely transformative time in history. Like the world is like nuts. <laughs> we're also like, we're also at a point where you can't shove the personal growth in the closet anymore. In the nineties, you could, right? You could just lock that door for 10 years. You can't do that now, right? It's nonstop growth. So there's a lot of stuff there. So let's also, let's also, also notice that what you're processing is feelings. It's a lot of feelings. There's thoughts associated with that, but it's a, there's a lot of energy and thought that's processing. And there isn't a feeling that's killed you yet, right? You're still here. So there is an intensity to those feelings. Food is also a tool that gives us endorphin buzzes that kind of numbs us a little bit. And when we go through an experience that's a life experience that's challenging like that, it's, it's one that shapes the next part of your life. It really does. Like when I was, when I was in 2005, my 21 year old cousin died in a drunk driving accident in Mexico. We used to go camping. We lived in Southern California. We'd all go camping down in San Felipe on the beach, had so much fun. And then my, um, my aunt and uncle just, there was always a ton of drinking, you know, and they would say, Oh, we're not alcoholics because we don't go to meetings. Right. Um, and, but there, and then they just condoned the drinking with him. So he was 21 drinking. He drove and rolled the Jeep and died. Fortunately, no one else did, but he died. And, um, and that's kind of when I started to ask myself the question, what happens when we die? And, and that was one of the ways I kind of moved past that. And the reason why I'm giving you that example is because I want to try to share my experience and point you to something at a higher level that can make sense of this, you know, Okay. because it is what it is right right now. It is what it is. They passed. You're alive. Got eight kids. And at the same time telling you to be in shape for your kids. Of course you love your kids. Of course you want to be there, but still there's all this processing going on. So I'm going to share a little bit of my story a little bit more. So, so I was like, I used to think when you're dead, you're dead. And then Adam, Adam, he um, lived in Orange County, Southern California. He's a total like, white kid from Orange County, a little bro back in the, the early 2000s. Um, and he, he was kind of like hyper. I wouldn't be surprised if he was ADHD. He was like super high. You know, he would like do stuff like that sometimes. And for some reason, I was with my first wife at the time and we're in Menlo Park in the Bay Area and we're in this b metaphysical bookstore and I get a, I get a reading, a psychic reading, never had one before. Get a psychic reading. Okay, sure. Why not? So we sit down in the back of this room behind the little curtain in the little bookstore. And, and I watched this 38, 39 year old Hispanic woman start to mimic Adam's mannerisms. And I was like, what? She started talking and I, I just like my head blew open. And then I started to, to understand that like, Okay, maybe there's something I don't know. Maybe either this, this, this methodology is you're dead, you're dead. This way is there's something more. 
right? So I'm like, I can believe you're dead or I can explore. So I made the decision to explore. And like, literally that was the path that led me to my coaching tools. Cause my coaching is actually using higher level consciousness tools. That's what I created, but that's not the point of this. Then I'm coaching one day and I get a call from my mom. Here there's an accident. My other cousin at my other cousin, Daniel, he was in his mid twenties, just died. And he was, um, he was a respiratory therapist at a hospital for, 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 for babies, for preemies. And he's extremely mechanical, extremely mechanical. He was helping uh, a friend change the brakes on his truck. It was like a full-size truck. And the truck fell off the jack and the jack handle crushed his t- chest and yeah. killed him. And you're just like, and, and the thing is he and Adam were, inseparable now they were technically cousins so i was he was my second cousin but technically they were cousins um but they were about five three years apart in age and as as whenever we'd be camping in the desert those two were inseparable they were like they were like twin brothers who never went apart and to see both of them pass i knew without a doubt that my life experience was that that was not an accident there's no way that was an accident then I read a book called Journey of Souls by, by Michael Newton that talked about this process of therapy where he does this past life regression. Who knows if it's true or not, but that's what the book is about. So I started to have all these clues that maybe there's more. And it started to help me understand that, like, that seems like it was premeditated, <laughs> you know, <laughs> You know, certain types of things that happen in life premeditated. And when I heard your story, as, as, as challenging as it is, it sounds like it was almost premeditated, like that was the plan to seem like that, you know. And the point of that is, is that sometimes life is tragic. At the same time, it's beautiful. And it's sometimes they give you experiences. And you've had this interesting experience of, of loss from people close to you and had the government get in the way and all of that. And you've been handling it the best you knew how, but it is a lot to process. So my, I wouldn't say coaching, my mentoring advice would be to, if any of this resonates with you, I would say like, see if you can find a meaning above that because you have the ability to change the meaning of it. The, the first meaning that you feel is the reaction but then you have the ability to change the meaning of it. And, um, and the reason you're not working out, it's not lack of accountability. It's because this has been your balancing mechanism. It's always a balancing mechanism. It's not bad. It's not good. That's just, that's just, that's just a pattern of behavior, but the, unfortunately they have passed. So it's, and, and you, and I don't know if you've been sitting in it, or not sitting in it or avoiding it or not void or in it fully. But it's like, there's, there's some processing that needs to complete. And the only person that can do it is you. Right. So I hear you. Yeah. And I, I, um, I hundred percent agree with you. Like I don't, there's definitely been a transition in that time from driving back and forth in front of the church, swearing and feeling now, um, Know, everything that's really, really good in my life right now is a direct result of the changes that happened after those events. Um, and so I am sincerely grateful um, 
But I, I think that there's a progression. And like I said, prior to the breathwork experience, there was, I felt like this mass of anger still. I was still, I felt grateful, but there was, that was the block. Um, that's either eliminated or greatly reduced. Um, and what that has left has been questions of, you know, what, what is the next thing to work on? And, and for me, that is, okay, I'd like to put my body back into a place where I've at least can say that I'm doing everything that I can do to avoid. My dad, it was, he had a stroke. There's nothing that, you know, it wasn't from what he did or didn't do health-wise. It just was. Um, you know, there's not any, any blame there. Um, but, um, I can make choices that at least lead to a higher probability of sticking around than reducing that probability. And I, I do like the really simple, um, caloric intake and protein that feels easy. And, and, and another thing that may also be useful is to maybe sit down and, 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 get a little bit clearer on the feeling of rebellion because there's strength in that. And that point of view and that emotional pattern is a powerful tool that you have. And if you get a little more clarity on it, um, coaching can help you do that. You could also journal yourself, um, can help you redirect that in a more productive way so that you can get that same feeling out of business. You could also flip it around and getting out of working out too. But because when you start with, when we start at the level of alignment first, then it's going to be permanent and much easier to flow versus starting at the place of forced action. Okay. Get to the gym every morning, wake up at sexy broccoli all day. Like that doesn't work. You know, it'll work to a certain permanent change happens when you start at a place of alignment. But, and before I started working out, I started lift, I started the frame, putting myself in the frame where, oh, I work out and I'm healthy. Yeah. I just haven't started it yet. And then when the time is right, I was on a business trip with one of my other coaches. He works out all the time. He's like, go to the gym. Okay, I'll go down there. I went down to the gym for 20 minutes. I just lifted a few weights. And I was like, next day, hey, I feel good. I feel good. Yeah. And as we get older men, our testosterone drops. So weightlifting is good. Lifting heavy is good. And it also gives you good anchor. Um, Have you read the book, um, The Way of the Superior Man by David Data? I haven't. You may want to read that book too, because it could, it's a really good book for getting in touch with your your masculinity and the masculine man within you, which will help you align with direction. It'll help you align with mission. It'll help you align with working out. There's a lot of, I read the first chapter and I was like, boom, I get it. It's, it's, it's a really good book. Yeah. I'm going to add that to my book list right now. And if you want any other spiritual books, I'll share those with you too after. Um, but how are you feeling right now? You feeling compared to when we started the call? Good. Um, again, I like, I like the simplicity. Um, I like the idea of harnessing that rebellion. I mean, in in way, I mean, I've always been an entrepreneur since the time I was 21 years old. I kind of feel like rebellion is a part of my life. You know, not everybody goes out and creates businesses and, and that. So I, I like that. That is a really good journaling question. Starting point is how do I tap into that? and and point it in a direction that uh, is the direction that I want to go with it rather than using it as an excuse. Excellent. Is there anything else I can help you out with today? Oh, I'm sure there's a ton of things, Jason. I, I'm 
we've got lots of stuff to help with, but that's a really good first step. <laughs> well, it's great to connect with you today, Alan. Likewise. Appreciate your time. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for being on the podcast. Absolutely. Thanks for watching the Do the Impossible podcast. I'm Jason Drees. To get your own experience of coaching, you can go to freeintrosession.com and my team will connect you with you. And I will see you on the next episode. Take care. Bye-bye.